Well, somebody thank the Lord. Somebody praise Him. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's a delight to have you in this great camp meeting. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate more the Holy Ghost and what He is doing. It's a very conspicuous day, I suppose, to begin a camp meeting on the 4th of July. Independence Day. Freedom Day. I said Freedom Day. There was recently the end result of a study conducted at the Oklahoma State University where they had for several years had a chimpanzee. And they had trained that chimpanzee to make communication or to make language through signing or sign language. They had trained him to make over 140 different communicable signs through which he could talk to the folks in the study there at the university. Finally, they decided that it was time rather than to stimulate a response from the chimpanzee to let the thing communicate on its own. And so when they did, it made the, this statement over and over and over, let me out. <laughs> it was well fed, well taken care of, had all of its needs met, it was pampered, it was taken wonderful care of. But the end result, it was born to be free. And when it learned to talk, it just kept saying over and over and over again, let me out. Somebody let me out. We are standing in the lap of luxury this morning in the greatest nation on this people planet. We have more, I, I, I've traveled this globe from circumnavigated the thing time and time again. All through the Middle East and the Far East and the far corners of the earth, I have traveled this planet. And in most places on this planet, people on the streets that are living as vagrants in the streets of the United States of America have more than most people have in most nations on this planet. And still yet, though we've got this ungodly affluence, you know, there's a reason people aren't leaping over pews and running and falling prostrate over altars anymore. There's a reason that by this time in a service, in a, in a decade gone by, alcoholics would have already kicked the doors open and been running in here and saying, what must I do to be born again? The reason for it is this. It's this ungodly affluence. We've got the best doctors and the best lawyers. But I want to remind you of something. Money may buy you a bed, but it will not buy you sleep. It may buy you medicine, but it will not buy you health. It may buy you a prostitute, but it will not buy you a wife. It may buy you a house, but not a home. And I want you to know in America today, people are screaming out in the lap of luxury, though they've got all their needs met and everything taken care of, the heart cry of every person in the United States of America today, I believe outside the bloodstained banner of the cross of Christ is this. They're knocking at the door of the church. 
They're knocking on the door in the heart of preachers and they're saying, would somebody please just let us out? Would somebody loose us and let us go? Would somebody take these grave clothes off of us and set our happy feet a dancing? Would somebody give us a little bit of help for today and hope for tomorrow? We want and we long to be free. Every man is born locked up in prison. Every man wants to find the key. Every man wants to soar just like an eagle. But I'm here to announce this morning only the blood washed can be free. Did I hear somebody say amen? If you have your Bibles, will you open them with me, please, to the third chapter of the gospel according to St. John. Father, we ask you in these moments that follow that once again you would reach your divine hand over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate, that you would bear your right arm and that you would flex your muscle, that you would order words in heaven, that you would order, utter them over lips of clay and change the hearts and the lives of the people. May we do no injustice to your word this morning. May you alone, through your words, set every captive free. Now, Satan, we adjure you by God. The Lord rebuke you. You have no part nor portion in the affairs of this morning. You are sealed out by the promissory note of the Holy Ghost of God, by whom we are baptized and sealed under the day of redemption. Father, give us revelation knowledge today. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 3, verse number 14. As Moses lifted up, say lifted up, the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I'm going to say it again. For as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish, but have eternal life. For the Son of God came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Somebody say, Hallelujah. America this morning is suffering from a terminal case of snake bite. We've been bitten and the bite is terminal and there is only one cure for the disease of which we have been so rudely infected. A snake is a cunning creature, slippery and slimy. From the foundation of the world when God created the heavens and the earth and breathed into the nostrils of men the breath of life and man became a living soul, there was only one creature that was cursed on the day of creation and that was the serpent. God said, upon your belly shall you crawl all the days of your life and you shall eat the dust of the earth all the days of your life. And from that time until this, in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, when the, when the serpent came more subtle than any beast of the field, more cunning, more crafty, more slippery, more divisive, more deceptive than any other beast of the field with its slimy countenance and its slithery mannerisms and its forked tongue lashing out of its mouth and its bared fangs through which it would release its poisonous venom into its unsuspecting 
pray. A serpent is a strange creature. It never comes out into the open. It always lies in wait. Slipping and sliding through the darkness and the cracks and the crevices underneath of rocks and logs. It waits sometimes for hours, sometimes for days upon its prey. And at exactly the right moment, it thrusts itself forward and sinks those venomous, poisonous fangs into its prey to immobilize it, to stop it, and finally to kill it. Your Bible calls the devil the serpent. This old serpent and Satan, which is the devil and Lucifer. America today is suffering a terminal case of the immobilizing force of the poisonous venom of snake bite. We've been bitten by the devil. But there is a cure today. I don't want you to let your hands hang down. There is a cure. I can stand on the parapet of this pulpit and make an announcement before the congregation of this entire nation. We know we are not free. Our hearts long to be free. But you can look up this morning for your redemption draweth nigh. There's still somebody willing to preach about the blood. There's still somebody willing to preach about the cross. There's still somebody willing to preach about the redemption of the lost, damned, doomed, depraved, dying, desperate, destitute souls of humanity and you are going to get it this morning. We're going to lift up the brazen serpent. Look over with me, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter number 8. I'll begin reading with verse number 25. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? The question that revolves in the mind and the heart of every person in America today is this, who is God? We'll get to that a little later. And Jesus saith unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, referring back to verse number 12, where he announced to the scribes and the Pharisees, I am the light of the world. I have many things, Jesus said, to, to judge you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. He said there's a dark day coming of human infamy when the Son of God will be lifted up. Between heaven and earth he will hang. They'll take him and put him in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. You will destroy this temple, he told them. But on the third day, I'll have it built again. He said the time is coming here foreshadowing the crucifixion and the resurrection. He said, you don't know who I am right now. But once you crucify me and once I kick the end out of that tomb and paint a six-lane highway straight through the New Jerusalem in my own life's blood, on that morning, you won't have to ask anybody who I am. You'll know who I am in that day and who he is that sent me. Somebody ought to be shouting just about now the father sent me and the father hath not left me alone for I do always those things that please him and he spake these words and many believed upon him then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free now watch the next verse. 
In a capsulized form, we have the entire discourse of the American family. Here it is. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? I've got a message today for America. It's time to get free. You say, wait a minute, Pastor Ron. We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We live in the land of Kansas wheat fields. We live in the land of the mighty roaring Mississippi River. We live in the land of New York City, the Big Apple. We've got Chicago, Illinois, and we've got Los Angeles, California. We're the breadbasket and the bread cradle of the entire earth. We get up in the morning under the bastion of freedom. I want to make this announcement today. Outside the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there is no American that enjoys one single solitary ounce of true freedom. It is only the Son that can make you free. But if the Son make you free, you shall be free indeed. I want you to know this morning, there's a church in Russia that's more free than most Americans. There's a church in Norway that's more free than most Americans. There's a blood-bought, ransom, redeemed, remnant church in Cuba, in Marxist Cuba today, that have been under the spout where the blood comes out. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost of God today. And though they may be under a Marxist, Leninist, communistic government, their heart breathes free this morning. Why? For the Son has made them free. And they are free indeed. Somebody help me preach. Verse 33 is a lie. We're Abraham's seed. That's the way America is with the blinders of bondage on. We think we're free and we're in more bondage than any people on this planet. We're in bondage to our sin. We're in bondage to our self. We're in bondage to Satan. We've been snake bit and we don't even have the sense to realize it. You think America's not snake bit today? Only 13% of Americans believe in all 10 of the biblical commandments. Nine out of 10 people confess they lie regularly in the United States. One-fifth of the nation's children lose their virginity by age 13. In the land of the free and the home of the brave, one in seven carry a handgun for protection on their person or in their car. For $10 million in the land of the free and the home of the brave, $10 million, 7% of the people of this nation confessed they would kill a total stranger. Americans believe their moral, religious, and political leaders have failed them miserably. Nine out of 10 people surveyed in America confess they believe in God. One half of those people believe they're going to heaven, while only 4% ever expect to spend any time in a literal hell. The number one cause of death in this nation in ages 13 to 20 is automobile accidents, 75% involving drugs or alcohol. The number two form of death in that same age group, 13 to 20 years old, is suicide. In an affluent New Jersey neighborhood, two 16-year-old boys put a rope around their neck, climbed up on their dad's Porsche, and jumped off and hung themselves. A 13-year-old girl in one of the finest neighborhoods in America took an overdose of aspirin, and that didn't kill her. She dumped 
off a water tower, tower, but she survived that. Being failed in two forms of suicide, she said, I'll take care of it, ran out into the freeway and flung herself into a speeding 18-wheel semi-truck. She finally got out. There was a note pinned to the inside of her garment that said, I just can't take life anymore. There are more abortions in Washington, D.C. than recorded births. We've been snake bit. $25 million is spent annually on tranquilizers. We've been snake bit. By age 18, the average American child has seen 100,000 beer commercials. Oral Hershiser came on television in his uniform. He said, say no to drugs, abusers, or losers use and abuse. That was a 30-second commercial bite. The next 30-second commercial bite during that athletic event was this. A man sitting by a rippling stream, opening up a can of beer with his buddies, and saying it doesn't get any better than this. We've been snake bit in America, in the land of the free, in the home of the brave. We announce our freedom, but I've got to shout it from the highest how top today. Only the sun can make you free. The sun plus nothing. The sun minus nothing. And you can only breathe freedom's air from the top of Calvary's mountain. Children in this nation see alcohol consumed 75,000 times before they're of legal drinking age. They see it consumed 24 times more than coffee and 120 times more than milk. The New York Police Department made no crack arrests in a certain year. In the first 10 months, none. They didn't arrest one single person on crack cocaine-related offenses. By the first 10 months of the next year, they had already made 19,000 crack cocaine arrests. We've been snake bit. Everybody shout, snake bit. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, cocaine deaths increased 300% in one year. 90% of the gay men in San Francisco still confess they are not taking the even basic measures to prevent the spread of that deadly disease. 35% of homosexuals agreed that reducing their partners would reduce the risk of spreading the disease, but each of them had had more than five partners in the prior month. 80% of the homosexual population of San Francisco and New York, New York are already tested positive for the HIV virus. Abortion, 25 million babies have been murdered since 1973. Six million of them would have been teenagers. 11 million of them would have been elementary school children. One million of them would have been three years old. We've been snake bit in America. We've got rock and roll stars strutting across stages broadcast live by satellite with nothing more on than a loincloth and uttering profanities that at one time, if anyone would have found even written on a restroom wall and who did it, they would have been incarcerated in this nation. We have used our liberty as an occasion to the flesh and like a cat playing with a ball of yarn, we have entwined ourselves on the indulgencies of our own self-sufficient lust and lifestyle. We have created a philosophic God for ourselves and said, don't preach to me about sin. I don't want to hear about condemnation. 
condemnation. Don't put that condemnation on me. Honey, I'm not preaching condemnation, but I'm preaching conviction. And if you'll kneel at the base of an old blood-stained cross this morning, you can be free. For he that the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, I want to make this announcement. You can be free from snake bite. You can survive snake bite. Remember the words of John, of Jesus, as Moses lifted up the brazen serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish but have eternal life. Say, I want to survive snake bite. Turn your Bible over to Numbers chapter 21. Let me read a little passage of Scripture to you. I'll tell you what let's do. Let me paraphrase it for you. You can look over there if you want to. Well, no, don't do that. Look up here at me. I may be sweaty, but I'm still better looking than your Bible. Numbers 21 records the story of Moses and he's leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. God brought them out with a high right arm. But they began to murmur in the wilderness and complain. God sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and the people were dying. Moses interceded for the children of God and said, we've sinned. What can we, be, what can we do to be free from this plague? God said, take a serpent, take a brass serpent, take a brazen serpent, lift it up on a pole, and anybody that looks on that serpent shall live and not die. But he that does not look upon the brass serpent shall surely die. So Moses fashioned a serpent like the fiery serpents that were biting the people. He lifted it up on a pole and the people began to look at it. And multiplied millions of the children of Israel were set free from the bondage of the snake bite. Not only were they not bitten anymore, but those who had been bitten were instantaneously healed. We've been snake bitten in America. We have felt the sting of the fiery serpent. Our bodies, our minds, our social lives, our nation is full of the poisonous venom of snake bite. We've got secular humanism coursing through our veins. We've got the philosophies of men and new age religion. And I want to make this announcement. There's no salvation in a Shinto shrine. There's no salvation in a Hindu cow. There's no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. For there is no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. We've been inundated with the poisonous venom of religiosity. We are marching to the rigors of religiosity and marching to the cadence and creeds of creation. We have believed those who have stripped the gospel of its power. The Bible said these are they who are clouds with no water. These are they that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. We have relegated the gifts of the Holy Ghost in the demonstration of signs and wonders to the back room of Pentecost 
Pentecostal services. Well, I say it's time for us to look to the brazen serpent and be free from the venom of religiosity. I believe it's time that somebody stood up and told America the truth. If you look inside, all you're going to be is disappointed. If you look outside, all you're going to be is discouraged. But if you look up today, you can be delivered. Somebody ought to be helping me preach this morning. I said it's time to look up to the brazen serpent lifted up on a pole to be free from the venom. And then those fiery serpents, they brought heat into the people. America today is feverish. It is burning up with the fever of racism. I want to make this announcement. Your skin may be darker than mine and I may have to pay for the curl in my hair and you don't have to. But I got news for you. If I'm on a hospital table and I've lost my blood, they can put a needle in your arm through your black skin and run it into my lily white skin and your blood can save me. We're all the same on this planet. To hell with this this unconscionable racism that's going on in the body of Christ. It's not only going on in the world, it's going on in the body of Christ. World Harvest Church is a place where black men and white men and yellow men and all men stand equal and we shout the praises of the God who has redeemed us to that brazen serpent lifted high upon a pole who has redeemed us out of every nation, every creed, every color, every ethnic group. I'm telling you today, the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth saves us all and equalizes every one of us on the plane of this people planet. Somebody help me today. We're burning up with fever in America. The passion of our lust drives businessmen to kiss their wife goodbye in the morning, hug their babies and pat them on the back, and then walk out 9 o'clock a.m. waiting on the flight to Chicago. They open up the steel bars of that little gift stand and grown men literally salivating under a feverish pulse walk in and take pornography off the shelf and begin to feed themselves upon it till in affluent neighborhoods in this nation a doctor was just reported to me that had carved a hole in the bathroom and his eight-year-old little girl from the time she was eight years old until the time she was 17 years old had been filmed by that affluent doctor when she went to the bathroom and when she took a bath and once a month he would take those videotapes and he and his doctor colleagues would sit in a little hut outside in some woods somewhere and in a fever they would feed themselves They've been snake bit. Is anybody listening to me today? We got fiery serpents running among the people. They're biting the people and the people are dying. And the bite is fatal, but there is a cure. Look to the brazen serpent lifted up on a pole. Men are driven with heat and lust and passion. Lust for money, lust for wealth, lust for things. We can't go to Wednesday night service. We're driven. We've got to work because we've got to have a new car. We're driven. We can't spend time with our families. We're driven. We're burning up. You look at America today and you say, what's wrong with her? She's been snake bit. And then there's that thirst 
There's that unquenchable thirst that accompanies the heat of that snake bite. As the fever races through the lifeblood of America today, people are thirsty. So they try to fill the void with paganism and idolatry. They try to fill the void with sex. They try to fill the void with alcohol. They stab themselves with steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. They try to get involved in sexual liaisons and think they might find just a little bit of relief from the thirst that they've got. Let me tell you the only cure for the thirst of snake bite. Jesus met a woman at the well of Samaria. He said, honey, I've got some water that if you take a drink of, you're never going to thirst again. I want to hear somebody that's had a drink of living water and a bite of living bread that knows it satisfies. Hey, I got up this morning with a song in my heart. I got up with a bell ringing in my soul and I didn't have to shoot anything. I didn't snort anything. I didn't have to drink anything. And when I pillow my head tonight, though it may be in the shaggy mane of a lion, I'll sleep like a baby all night long for I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. There is a cure for snake bite. You can survive. The apostle Paul had been shipwrecked. My God, I hope you're not in a hurry this morning. The apostle Paul had been shipwrecked on his way to Malta. Finding himself delivered from the shipwreck. Always remember after the shipwreck, the snake is on his way. He went over and picked up some sticks. And the Bible said a venomous viper attached itself to him. You can't walk through the perils of perilous time and never be snake bit. Somewhere, somehow, someway, the viper is going to strike out of the darkness and attach himself to you. You call me a liar, I'll sit you down with the profounding effect of that book where my Savior announced in this world you will have tribulation and you will have persecution but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I wanna invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.